0: Well, hello again, everyone. This is Frank Fear from the Sports Column, and welcome to our second installment of Joey P. and Frank. It's a delight to be joined by veteran NFL beat reporter Joe Platania who's entering his 43rd year covering Baltimore area sports in a career that spans six decades and includes work in print, radio, and TV media. Joe, it's just great to have you back for our second show.
1: Frank, great to be with you again. It's uh, quite a time of the year to discuss football with uh, the organized team activities, the mandatory mini camps going into the uh, summer lull. But that, that's kind of a misnomer because it only lasts about five or six weeks. And before you know it, training camp will be on top of us at the uh, the end of July for the Ravens and 31 other teams around the league.
0: Yeah, it's the pause that refreshes, so to speak. Last time you gave us a preview it was a great show on what you saw looming in the NFL 2021 with special focus on the AFC, the AFC North, and of course, uh, your hometown Ravens. And you've already mentioned the focus that uh, we'll take uh, this show uh, as we get ready for the preseason. Uh, Let's start, Joe, by... By asking you, uh, what are some of the uh, headline stories, the big storylines, so to speak, that you see in the league today? And then we'll we'll shift to the OTA conversation. What about those storylines you think are, at least from your perspective, are important?
1: Well, a a shift is what is uh, really, really taking hold, not just in football, but in society as a whole, as we come out of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And make no mistake about it, we are coming out of it. We're not out of the woods yet. But uh, I'm I'm taking a more macro view of of the league right now. I I was more of a a micro mindset last time we talked. But uh, the macro view, it, it looked as though A lot of players, and a lot of players did express this, a lot of concerns about getting back on the field and having an on-field off-season as opposed to last year when it was all virtual. But John Harbaugh, uh, coach of the Ravens, he said himself that if we had another virtual off-season, it would be, quote, a big mistake. And I think he's been proven right because a lot of teams have been feeling confident enough, including the Ravens, to get back on the field and do have the kind of off-season spring practices that we're used to. So, Uh, I think he was very prescient in that comment. And I think a lot of teams are having a more normal off season than they did last year. And I think it's going to result in a better brand of football, a cleaner brand of football and uh, uh, overall a much better game. So we'll have to see how, uh, how it goes for these teams that are going back on the field and not having much as much of a virtual off season. Although as a bit of a minor uh, uh, counterpoint to that the Ravens, we're to have a three-day mandatory mini camp this week. They're still having the third day, but it's all classroom work. They did not go on the field for day three, so uh, they're just trying to mix it up to keep the guys interested, keep it fresh as uh, as we head toward late July and the start of what should be a conventional training camp.
0: That's great. You know, as you say, it's pretty difficult to uh, have a conversation about football apart from what's been happening with the pandemic. When you think about what else is happening in the league, obviously one of the big issues is what's happening in Green Bay uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and the other one of the other big issues was uh, big storylines was the trade of uh, of Julio Jones. Um, would you want to comment on either of those stories? Are there other other things that you see is as uh, important or perhaps emerging even?
1: Well, I think they're both pretty important because you're talking about two of the biggest names and the best players. Of this generation i think people remember how many draft picks cleveland uh cleveland and atlanta swapped for atlanta to go up about 20 spots to draft julio jones in the first place it was a uh, quite the trade it certainly wasn't as big as what new orleans did giving away a whole draft for ricky williams and then ricky williams putting on a wedding dress to post for a magazine <laughs> cover and things things of that nature but uh, julio jones has been a uh, Targeted, and I don't mean by quarterbacks, by teams ever since he came out of, out of college and Atlanta gave up the house to get him. And, you know, while he's had an outstanding career, a uh, borderline Hall of Famer, I don't know if he's a lock just yet, but. He did get the Falcons to constant contention, uh, teamed with Matt Ryan, another fine quarterback. I wouldn't say an outstanding one, but Matt Ryan's been a fine quarterback. They did get to a Super Bowl, one where they had a 28-3 to lead, and we know what happened after that. But Julio Jones certainly has meant a lot to the Falcons, and as they transition into the next phase of, uh, of their existence, uh, they had to find a way to stay under that salary cap in the uh, stay within that window of opportunity to contend because the NFC South, as we know, is a very tough division. You've got the champion Tampa Bay Bucs there. You've got new Orleans, even without Drew Brees, I think they still have enough pieces to be tough. So Atlanta had to make the move and they trade him to Tennessee. And a a lot of the Ravens fans were thinking, well, why couldn't our team make a move Mm -hmm. like that? Well, a small bit of consolation for Baltimore is that they do not play Tennessee in the regular season this year. But of course, uh, when it comes to Ravens fans, their eyes are always on what Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, teams like that are doing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we've talked about over the years, Joe, is um, management and uh, how management handles their responsibility, uh, which is important. We obviously focus a lot on what's happening on the field and the players, but that that uh, is a lead into talking about the situation in Green Bay. Uh, a lot of controversy there as to whether or not uh, the Green Bay management handled the Rogers situation uh, the way they should have? Or on the other hand, if Roger, Rogers, uh, uh, you know, with feelings of self-importance uh, is just being difficult uh, to handle as a sort of a prima donna. What, what's your thought about how management uh, handled, uh, and it's not just recently, but how over the last couple of years they've handled the Aaron Rodgers situation?
1: Well, I think there's blame to go around on both sides. I mean, if if the quarterback is, of course, one of the most spotlighted positions in all of sports, not just in football, but uh, they have the most spotlight in the nation's most popular sport. They make the most money. But uh, in the end, football is a team game. And, and how do you build a team? Through the front office. I mean, here in Baltimore, you know they value the draft picks uh, like gold, like fine china. And uh, and I'm sure in a lot of places they do too. I mean, uh, Green Bay is a kind of a grassroots kind of a blue collar organization like Baltimore is. But for some reason, whatever it is, they haven't been able to put the, the, the uh, weapons around Aaron Rodgers that he totally needs to get over that final playoff hump and get to another Super Bowl. The Super Bowl he did win was Super Bowl 45, and that number should tell you something because Mm. the most recent Super Bowl we had was number 55. Mm. So it's been a little while, and the the clock is ticking, and, of course, Aaron had to sit behind Brett Favre for a few years, so he's not exactly a spring chicken. Still very, very talented, no question about that. But uh, that and the the fact, he can be a bit prickly at times. He can be a a bit difficult to deal with, and uh, he did not report to the mandatory minicamp, although one side can say, well, you know he knows the playbook inside and out, and while that may be true, you you still have to work up that chemistry uh, with an ever-changing roster in a salary cap era. There's always new players to learn, new teammates to learn, and it would have been good if he had been there. But uh, he, uh, I would say, uh, self-important is a very good way to put it, Frank.
0: Yeah, that, uh, well stated. Another item that's in the news. Uh, again, it goes back to this issue of the circumstance of the pandemic, and, and look at football players sort of reflecting uh, the attitude of, of the general public writ large, is whether or not NFL players should be vaccinated against, the, uh, uh, against COVID-19. Uh, some are, obviously, and they've been outspoken about it, but there are others who have not. Uh, and either they're taking a wait and see attitude, like many Americans are, or they said, I'm just not going to do it. And again, that puts the NFL and the clubs uh, in a situation of saying, should we mandate it? Um, what's your thinking about this? Uh, should, the, should the teams, the NFL, require it? Uh, it looks like they're not. Uh, and there's even been talk about suspending players who aren't vaccinated. What's your take on this?
1: Well, I, if, if they could going to suspend a player for that, I don't know. That sounds a little heavy handed to me. But then again, you look at what this virus has done to people and you look at, you know, the people that have taken a, an anti-vax sort of stand against it. And then the, they end up uh, paying for it in the long run. You know, uh, they're, they're trying to have short term satisfaction without really looking at a long term perspective. But. Uh, I at least at least in Baltimore I can certainly speak to that situation you know the coaching staff here as well as the the Brian Billick coaching staff that preceded John Harbaugh one thing that really got them rave reviews from players around here is that they treat their players like men you know it's not a college you know, rah-rah kind of organization where uh, you have to kind of fall in line and be one with the team. They're treated like men. They're allowed to be themselves and to take their own approaches to any off-field situation. So uh, John Harbaugh has told the players, look, you do what you feel is right. We recommend you get vaccinated. We're not going to make it mandatory. Now, I do know the entire Ravens coaching staff has been vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So they've they've taken care of it on their end. But the players – are, are being left to their own devices and they they certainly have not been required to tell the media uh, of their status. Uh, Lamar Jackson was asked about that the other day, and he was one of about three dozen Ravens that were on the COVID li- list last year one of the hardest hit team in the league when it came to COVID, but he is playing it close to the vest and not divulging publicly his status. But then again, they're being left to their own devices by the coaching staff, by this management who has been historically terrific at letting the players be themselves no matter what issue you're talking about.
0: It makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, anybody who's been in management knows that if you treat people like uh, mature adults there's a really good chance they'll respond as mature adults, and that's really a good good approach to to take, I think, uh, as it applies to what's happening in the NFL with the vaccinations. Let's shift, uh, Joe, and talk more about uh, OTAs. What uh, you talked a bit about it earlier, but what are some of the other things that are popping up, uh, Baltimore around the AFC North, uh, AFC uh, NFL writ large, as you look at uh, you know the early phases of of the players getting back. Uh, into the harness, so to speak.
1: Well, I tell you what, uh, it seems to have been a rather... Sleepy offseason, I mean, I say that with regard to uh, major, major stories like uh, the attitude of an Aaron Rodgers or the trade of a big name or the availability of any player that may be on the waiver wire. The relative lack of those kind of stories, which is why we highlighted the others, is 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 a, a, a real tribute to the way the league has come through this. Sure, a lot of people were, were thinking last season was going to be partially uh, postponed or maybe entirely canceled, but the league plowed ahead maybe in ways that kind of inconvenienced uh, some teams, but the way they plowed through it, it gave the league confidence that, or I should say even more confidence because they've always had that, that they can uh, get through any sort of crisis and operate as close to normal as possible. So, you know, you've had teams conducting their organized Team activities and now the mandatory mini camps that are wrapping up before the vacation period. So the, the relative lack of these uh, these uh, major stories around the league, except for the ones we spotlighted, I think that's the silence speaks more loudly than anything else, as far as I'm concerned.
0: You know, that's a really good point. We sometimes, you know, we comb through the news uh, to identify things that are important. And we sometimes forget that not having a lot of news, especially those that are controversial, uh, says very good things about uh, an organization or a division or a league. And the NFL has done a very good job, I think, of being able to manage that. But the NFL, they took a long term
1: approach to this and they had the advantage of watching what the MLB and the NBA and the NHL went through as the pandemic started. And uh, they looked at the long-term perspective. They took a look at, at how this thing could be managed. Of course, they had to take their cues from the federal government and the attitude of the citizenry as for how to attack attack this thing. When were the vaccines going to be rolled out? Were the vaccines going to work? They had to take all of that into account. They had the time to do it, and they used that time to good use. And, and while a lot of people you know, they want to fight the system and fight the man and fight Roger Goodell and 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 say any negative thing about him that they can or boo him whenever he shows up at the draft. You gotta really tip your cap to the league on this one. Maybe not just Roger, but everybody at 345 Park Avenue for taking the long-term perspective, maybe going through some short-term pain for long-term gain, and they've come out almost on the other side. Um, you know, and implementing a, a schedule change, three preseason games, 17 regular season games, new TV contracts, new concussion protocols. I mean, it's a lot they've had on their plate besides the pandemic, and they've come through it in pretty fine style.
0: Absolutely. You know, And I, as you were talking, I was thinking about something that uh, I've written about, and that is that it's one thing when you have an organization like the NFL that's starting off But it's not. NFL is a mature organization, and for a mature organization to be able to sustain, uh, particularly like the NFL on top, to sustain excellence sounds really easy. It isn't, uh, because as organizations age, Um, they tend sometimes to get a bit lazy leadership may not be, uh, right on top of things, but the NFL has done that. And uh, yeah, you're right, Joe, it's easy to, easy to point fingers and, and say this and say that and get into a a, a dither about this and that. But when you take, when you take a really look from the, the long view, the NFL, especially as compared to other sports, uh, uh, configurations has done perhaps the best job, uh, In fact, I would argue it is the best job.
1: I was going to say, there's no question about it. And you bring up the word lazy. Even a league that's been around for 102 years, you can't get complacent. After all, it's a sports business. It's an entertainment business. And the tastes of the public uh, may tend to change, even though football's been number one in America since 1965, according to the annual Harris poll. But you just cannot rest on your laurels. I mean, I think... uh, Uh, Baseball has done a fine job coming back because the people craved it so much. The reason why football is so popular is because people have craved it so much. And, uh, you know, you just can't be lazy. You have to uh, pardon the pun. You have to keep moving the goalposts. You have to keep setting new uh, barriers for yourself, new objectives, new goals in order to uh, keep your place among among the, uh, the top of the public's mind.
0: Yeah, complacency can creep in. And what you're saying, it really hasn't. And that's a testimony, very positive testimony. And, and as you talk about the uh, making sure you don't rest on your laurels and don't get complacent, let's shift. The uh, final topic we'll talk about today is uh, what's happening with with uh, with Baltimore, what's happening with the Ravens. We talked about a month ago, and um, you laid out, I think, very specifically what they had to do. And were, you were pleased too especially in terms of the movement they had made at uh, additions they had made at uh, the receiver position anything new that you see that you'd like to comment on in terms of what's been happening with the Baltimore Ravens?
1: well as usual and this is nothing really new for Baltimore but uh, attendance at the organized team activities and the mandatory minicamp has been quite good uh, you, you have 90 man rosters this time of year they've been getting into the 70s you know you have guys, that are injured and uh, working through a few things there. So uh, some of the injured guys, they will show up on street clothes and go to, excuse me, go to the classroom meetings and get onto the field and interact and engage with everybody. So so it's a a really good uh, camaraderie that John Harbaugh has built around this team. I mean, he's entering his 14th season here. He's got a philosophy in place and it, it didn't take him all of these 14 years to really cement himself as, as kind of the, the figurehead of the team's attitude. I mean, this is his first head coaching opportunity in his life, and he wants it to be his last. He wants to be that kind of a Bud Grant kind of guy, a Tom Landry kind of guy who stays uh, many, many years with one team, and he's well on his way to doing that. So, you know, when when you set forth the philosophy and you uh, get guys to fall in line, uh, this is what you have. You have a, a very positive, uh, positive culture, uh, certainly a winning culture in Baltimore especially in recent years with the change in offense, the change of quarterback. And uh, the guys are showing up even if they're injured and they're engaging and they're they're really working towards uh, erasing a few uh, playoff frustrations in recent years. So the work ethic has been good. Uh, you know, you, you have your uh, you have your standout moments. But As Brian Billick always used to say years ago, don't fall in love with a guy in shorts. I mean, it's great to see them make plays this time of year. It's good to get them out on the field and not have a virtual offseason, and we've touched on that. But then again, uh, you want to see them come together. You want to see them coalesce. You want to see that esprit de corps. Take it into training camp where you'll occasionally be in pads, and you'll really see what you have then. The Ravens are trying to line up some of those joint practices with other teams. They'll have three preseason games, three more than they had last year, one less than they used to have. But they'll have a lot more tools in place to have an even more successful offseason, and I think a more successful season as well. As far as I'm concerned, you could talk about Cleveland all you want. You could talk about, you know, Pittsburgh and the good pieces they have. The AFC North is Baltimore's to lose, and, uh, and uh, time will prove if I'm right or wrong. But with the winning culture and everything I've seen and heard, this offseason, season i believe i'll be right again
0: yeah uh, one of the things that uh, i have as a takeaway from what you've said joe and i it's and i I've, I've been through this a number of times with uh, with teams i've followed is there's nothing in the news that says oh boy let's swallow hard and hope it goes away what you're saying is it's uh, full speed forward for the Ravens, uh, and they're in the driver's seat, to keep that metaphor go- going. They're in the driver's seat in that division. It's, it's theirs lose. And, of course, we're going to look forward to, as, uh, as uh, the month of August uh, comes around, where you'll do your predictions for the 2021 season, uh, not just the Ravens, but the entire NFL. And uh, you've been pretty darn accurate. Uh, at least since I've been follow you, following you in that regard. And, and just a plug for those of you who uh, follow Joe, make sure that you uh, tune to the, to the uh, sports column. Uh, Joe has articles in there regularly, and they're always uh, top drawer. Uh, before we bid our audience uh, goodbye, Joe, any parting comments you'd like to make today?
1: The league only has really two downtimes the entire year. Uh, we're coming up on one of them now, uh, in between mini, mini camps and training camp, about a four or five week period where even the coaching staffs get to spend time with their families and hit the beach or, or go fishing or something like that. And of course, uh, The time between the Super Bowl and the start of free agency, that's a bit of a downtime, although teams are transacting and getting their 90-man rosters together. So, in other words, this is the price you pay for being so popular. You're constantly working 12 months a year for a season that lasts shorter than that of any other professional league. So – uh, and I, I would urge uh, football fans everywhere and football teams everywhere to enjoy that downtime because things ramp up quickly in a league with the salary cap and a lot of parity. You've got to stay ahead of the Joneses, not keep up with them, stay ahead of them in order to uh, stake your place among the teams, uh, the elite teams in the National Football League. It's all going to come on top of us uh, fast and quick and uh, sooner than we think.
0: That's right. There's no question about that. And, of course, uh, I'll certainly look forward to spending more time with you, Joe, as the season ramps up. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen today. I'm Frank Fear uh, on behalf of Joe Platania, and uh, we're going to see you next time. We'll be back uh, middle of July. Until then, be a good sport. A tug-of-war,
1: 22 nameless men grappling in the mud. They call it pro football. I'm not you what I'm saying. i